Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode two of Econerotica with uh, me, your host, Tom Citrin, alias the Boss, Boss Patch. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about uh, an episode that I call PSYOPs and the KGB Time Traveler. I think it's pretty relevant to what's happening today in our country. Um, and I think it is. it just shows you that nothing is new, everything repeats itself. Uh, there truly is nothing new under the sun. Thomas Schumann, whose real name was Yuri Bezmenov, was a KGB propaganda expert who in 1970 defected to the West. Uh, at that time, America was still in Vietnam uh, and protesters were out in the street rioting. Um, there was far less destruction than we see today, uh, not really because radicals were any more civilized, uh, but because law enforcement was allowed to do their job. Uh, they were backed and supported by mayors, governors, and federal politicians, really on both sides of the aisle. <clears throat> America was so different back then that the Democratic, yes, Democratic mayor of Chicago, um, Daley, um, during the 1968 riots at the Democratic National Convention, got on the news informing the quote-unquote peaceful demonstrators that he had ordered the police to shoot looters. Uh, you read that correctly, not murderers, not arsonists, but looters. Importantly, he had the support of most Americans. Now, another thing I should add is that wasn't unusual. Until very recently, uh, it was policy during times of civil insurrection to shoot rioters on, uh, not rioters, excuse me, looters on site. Um, such was how different we were back then. Like many people in the Soviet system, Schumann had come to believe that Marxist socialism was maladaptive, maladaptive evil, and murderous um, as a form of government. After his defection, uh, Schumann made it his mission to inform the West about how the Soviets engaged in espionage. Despite being dwarfed economically and militarily by the U.S., the USSR was a formidable opponent utilizing an effective espionage program um, and, and subversive program. Uh, frankly, the communists knew a lot more about us than we did about what they were up to. Um, they had spies at the highest levels. Um, they believed in uh, putting spies years before uh, giving them a cover in our society, um, much like the Israelis do today. It's a different system. Um, and these spies would have to stay for years, maybe decades, in the foreign countries giving back intelligence. Um, frankly, the com and, and the, the crucial truth that Schumann exposed was the fact that Marxists didn't use James uh, Bond-style espionage uh, techniques anywhere near as much as was depicted in Hollywood movies. Um, Schumann informed the free world that only about 15% of the KGB's budget was dedicated to spying, which might explain why uh, Sean Connery's clothes were always so much better than the villains in the old James Bond movies. Um, you know, and that was when the bad guys were communists in the James Bond movies and not, you know, these 
dumb things they have today that you can't even figure out. Um, approximately 85% of the entire budget of the KGB was allocated to propaganda. Uh, no one in the West really took Pravda radio seriously. That was just a small part of it. Uh, you know, when I was younger, very occasionally, we uh, might listen to the Soviet broadcasts on the shortwave radios just for kicks. That was the only way you could get it. There was no internet back then. There was no RT uh, network back then. So you needed a shortwave radio. And, you know, we really actually enjoyed the obvious uh, lies and the cheesy production values. Um, if anything, the banality of Pravda Radio reinforced our belief that capitalist democracy was a superior system. You know, at least we had superior radio to them. Um, so, the Soviets emphasized subversion over sabotage. They understood their actual goals more clearly than the West, or at least until, you know, at least the West until Reagan informed us that uh, his objective with respect to the communists was we win, they lose, which I realize isn't really an objective. It's an outcome or it's an, uh, you know, actually it's not a strategy. He was asked, yes, he was asked what the strategy was, but that's really the objective. Um, the Marxist goal was to destroy our system from within without the need to invade. Uh, after losing many millions of lives in the Great War, the Russian Revolution, um, right after the uh, Russian Civil War that occurred right after the revolution in World War II, the Soviets understood they couldn't just march into Western Europe, let alone North America, without a massive loss of life. Um, even if they, by some fluke, won a conventional war. Uh, they couldn't really hold territory. Frankly, nuclear bombs had taken a lot of options off the table, but they understood the principles of Sun Tzu, who 2,500 years before wrote about winning without fighting. According to Schumann, the goal of the Soviet leadership was societal collapse from within, and there was a well-thought-out and effective playbook to accomplish their goal. We never had anything like that with respect to the Soviet Union. Um, we just sort of got lucky, um, you know, in the very late 80s. Uh, the Soviets really destroyed themselves uh, with the help of Reagan building up the military and getting into a um, almost an economic war with them. Interestingly, uh, Schumann went into great details about the strategies and tactics used, and they should really sound very familiar today. Uh, as I said, nothing is new under the sun. Um, you know, you look at great military leaders, a lot of times they will use the principles of uh, past military leaders. Now, the first principle used was to appear benign and disguise your nefarious goals. That way, people don't realize what's happening until it's too late and the enemy is metaphorically at the gates. It also serves to cast psychological doubts within the population as the gullible begin to believe that those who oppose tyranny are just being paranoid and delusional. And we got a lot of that uh, I remember in the 80s under Reagan that Reagan was a lunatic. He was going to blow up everything, um, you know, much like people thought that about Donald Trump uh, before the election, that he was going to launch wars all over the place. And 
to the left, Reagan seemed like a maniac, but the Soviet Union seemed kind of benign. Um, I saw that as a, as a boy going uh, to the USSR pavilion at the World's Fair in Montreal at 19, in 1967. Despite the fact that their citizens were in food lines um, were, and were limited by government mandate to, I think it was just like a kilo of meat a month at, at one point, and they had multi-year waiting lists for consumer products we took for granted, like cars, uh, no expense was spared at the pavilion showing the greatness of Soviet science, culture, and really how full of love Marxists were for us. You know, I mean, who would think that, you know, why was the United States so mean? Um, at least that's what they wanted people to believe. My parents, who lived in Romania before the war, uh, were shocked at how full of crap this was. Even as a nine-year-old boy, I wasn't buying it either. Um, as a child, I, and I guess my friends at the time, were less naive than millennials who currently virtue signal on behalf of Marxist Antifa and BLM. Then again, when I was nine, kids knew to look both ways before they crossed the street. They weren't stupid. Uh, we didn't cross the street without looking while we were reading a comic book. Seem obvious? Well, 30-year-old so-called adults today routinely cross streets, at least they do in my city, while fixated on their phones. I can't tell you how many times um, I've seen people almost clipped. Um, I've even seen people on cell phones, you know, texting while they were literally on a bicycle going uh, the wrong way on a one-way street. Um, Nine-year-olds in 67 had more common sense than young adults do in 2020. Um, and that might explain why nine-year-olds weren't rioting in 1967, burning down entire cities. Schumann explained that the first phase of destroying a free nation was the demoralization phase. This period lasts about 15 to 30 years, according to Schumann. I would argue it actually took a little longer because I think this process started began to start even when I was in university in the late 70s. I don't think it really, you know, it probably got really um, serious in the 80s. Now, the goal is to educate an entire generation into being Marxists. Um, various terms are used that are benign, like progressive. I mean, who wouldn't want to be against progress? Liberal. I mean, liberal used to be the... Uh, gold standard of your political beliefs. It's kind of a meaningless term now. Democratic socialism, etc. BLM and Antifa are fairly open about being Marxists, although the legacy left-wing media intentionally doesn't report this. Um, in one generation, cultural Marxists have taken over our teachers' union, our universities, news organizations in Hollywood. Uh, and, you know, refer to my past work in my blog when I talk about what cultural Marxism is. Um, some people will say that it's a conspiracy theory. Nothing could be further from the truth. And the thing I'll reiterate many times is that a conspiracy is kind of a secret plot. There was no secret about this. You know, Saul Alinsky and guys like that had written the... Um, had written the playbook and written books about this. So there was, there was really no secret. 
um, you know, look up uh, the Vienna School, I think it was. They constantly denigrate our way of life. Um, they make us believe that religion is evil and ignorant. Um, there is no such thing as good or evil to these people. Everything is just moral relativism. An individual's rights to these people don't come from God, as um, is you know we traditionally believe in the especially the Anglo-Saxon, but the Western world. Um, and when I say Anglo-Saxon, I mean you know Canada, the United States, Britain, Australia, etc. Um, they don't believe that an individual's rights come from God, but rem and remain eternal, but are merely privileges our wonderful leaders grant us for expediency. Uh, nowhere is this more true in my beloved Canada, where um, Justin Trudeau seems to think he's God. And all tax money raised, all money made is his money. He can distribute it as he wants. Um, and he'll give us our rights and we'll be damn happy about it or else. Um, they believe the West or they try to convince us. I don't think they really believe that the West is racist. Uh, they convince the gullible and morally weak this is true. Um I don't think they, you know, I don't think the leaders of this really believe that most people are racist, but I will tell you that I've met, you know, I've spoken to a lot of these guys, or not a lot of these guys, but a fair amount of these guys, and they're actually more racist than the people they denigrate because they see blacks as pawns. Uh, they never have respect for blacks. You'll never see these guys dating a black woman or if they're a white woman dating a black guy. They have no black friends. Um... You know, they have no interest in any of that. But, you know, they're experts on racism, even though they don't know any black people. Um, they convince us that police hunt innocent young black men, which is apparently something uh, LeBron James believes, um, you know, but he's he's kind of just a shell. Now, they bully corporations and force many of them to virtue signal, which is a way of really paying protection money. So organizations like BLM and the Southern Poverty Law Center can raise massive amounts of money. Uh, according to some, I don't know if this is true, the Southern Poverty Law Center has like an incredible amount of money, like nine figures in offshore um, accounts. Now, those who oppose these tyrants lose their jobs and are ostracized by family and friends just as communist children were discouraged to denounce their parents. You know, that's what's happening now. We're in the demoralization phase. Thoughtful discourse is deemed hate speech today. Uh, back in the Soviet era, it was called counter-revolutionary fascism. At least, um, in Schumann's day, that's what it was called. Now it's hate speech. Um, Law and order are subverted. Uh, murderers and rapists are victims while police are oppressors. Um, science and empirical analysis are subverted um, and they're also modified unless they fit the narrative of totalitarian socialists. Um, you know, for instance, we talk about climate change today. There, you know, there are scientists coming out that saying the climate change data uh, models were flawed and the world is actually uh, heating up a lot more slowly, like a magnitude of, you know, not just percentage-wise, by magnitudes. 
much slower than we've been led to believe. And instead of having, what, 11 years as, uh, you know, AOC or Sandy Cortez or whatever her name is, um, you know, we have probably hundreds of years. And, you know, there's so many things um, that can happen, like a hurricane, uh, not hurricane, sorry, volcanoes that put ash in the air that, you know, it's really kind of irrelevant. But we just, you know, we, we just, um, they just basically, you know, are fraudulent. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, well, they want, they don't want to lose the narrative. They don't want, uh, you know, a lot of the, um, the Green New Deal is just a way of government uh, getting more involved in our day-to-day lives and controlling more things. Uh, also, you have this sort of science, you know, uh, science is great. Scientists are not that great. And when you have scientists who are making their money because of a crisis, they're not likely to um, come up with anything that, uh, you know, disproves their original um, work because A, it's humiliating and B, the money train stops. Okay. Um, You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, climatologists weren't flown all over the fucking world to uh, five, four-star, five-star, whatever it is, hotels, and, you know, drinking champagne and caviar. Now they are. Um, so history is rewritten in, in this type of situation, and great men like Jefferson, Columbus, Churchill, and Washington are vilified. I mean, we see that going on today. Uh, now, this, this goes back to Schumann, um, and this started... And it takes a long time, but the foundation of our civilization, the family, is attacked and destroyed. Uh, they do this by encouraging promiscuity, um, adopting laws supported by militant feminists that financially incentivize wives to divorce their husbands and destroy them economically. Or, as we call it uh, in these parts, divorce rape. This process has been going on for decades. Um, Bluntly, few people born after 1965 had, have had an objective and quality liberal arts education as old professors are replaced by cultural Marxists. A lot of the older professors that taught me, um, would, you know, who are brilliant, brilliant professors and mentors, would have had their ass kicked out so fast in universities it would have made their head spin. And it wasn't because they were Nazis or anything like that. It was because they were, um, they taught us objectively. They taught us both sides of a story. They uh, engaged us in reason so that we could make our own uh, good quality decisions. Now, you know, here is, a, here is a figure that really blows me away. It's not the exact figure. But apparently there are more college professors in the U.S. that openly claim to be Marxist than there are Republicans. Obviously, that doesn't reflect um, the values of Americans. And, you know, it is it's it is a serious problem. And how could one not expect, um, you know, this to change our society when our children, our young people are being infanticized and they're being... Um, they're being brainwashed. Uh, another factor that goes into it is there's more people in university right now. Um, I think at one point, like when I was going to university, only 20% of the population 
uh, had a university education or were getting a university, whatever it was, and now it's 40%. So it's doubled as a percent of the population. So like, frankly, not to be cruel, you're getting a lot of dumber kids in there. And those dumber kids are not going into things like science and technology, um, engineering and math, which are the STEM. They're not going into the uh, economics. They're not going into the more disciplined parts of um, business programs like finance and counting. I mean, they might go into HR and marketing. But, you know, I, I went to two business schools and, you know, quite frankly, the... Uh, the HR guys and the marketing guys were the dummies who couldn't cut it in the other fields. Now, after the demoralization uh, occurred, and I think we are there yet, I think we are through the demoralization. And, you know, when you have young people who um, are, let's face it, spoiled brats and whose only real problem they've had in their life is they probably, and I'm talking about BLM and I'm talking about Antifa, um, their only problems are self-inflicted because they're lazy and, frankly, there's a lot of drugs. This, this is the thing that I, I'm surprised that the, the alternative media, you know, uh, doesn't talk about, is that if you go to an Antifa rally, um, and I know this from my hometown of Toronto, if you go to Antifa um, rally, most of these guys are on drugs. And, um, you know, yeah, there's weed which isn't, you know, which is fairly benign, but a lot of these guys are on meth um, and they're on crack. Um, they're on some other drugs I never heard of either. But now the next phase Schumann described as destabilization. I think that's the period we are in now with the rioting going on. This period lasts two to five years. So, uh, you know, let's say it started at the beginning of COVID and let's say March 1st, 2020. So we've got two more, two to five more years of this. Uh, you might even be able to say that it started when, uh, when Trump got elected in 2016. You could say it started in um, 2018 when, uh, you know, radicals basically took over in the midterm elections, the Democratic Party. Um, so... You know, and these this two to five year is just an estimate. As I said before, the this, the demoralization took longer than uh, Schumann's period of time. This might too. It might be less. Um, there is little doubt. So there's little doubt. <coughs> excuse me. We're in this phase currently. Cities in America are burning as leftist mayors and governors openly encourage violence and mayhem and order law enforcement to look the other way. Um, you know, it feels very similar to how my father uh, described the situation in pre-war, you know, Europe for uh, European Jews where he lived. Um, there were cops around, but Jews understood that they better be careful because if the anti-Semites wanted to have a pogrom, um, police would do nothing. In, 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 in a lot of cases, they would take off their uniforms and, and join the mayhem. Um, during this time, the revolutionaries destroy the economy. It's very crucial. I mean, Schumann didn't get into this as much uh, as maybe he should have, but, you know, I, in my study of economic history, this is what has to happen. You don't usually have a revolution until the shit hits the fan and people are hungry. 
Uh, violence in the cause of social justice is prevalent. Um, institutions like the church and the local police are attacked. There is no coincidence in my mind that churches and police stations have been targets of these street thugs. They've tried to burn down churches. They have burnt down police stations. Um, does anyone but a fool still think these riots are about violent criminals, junkies, and rapists being shot by police? I mean, you know, at this point, um, you know, we're at September, I think we're at September 4th, 2020, you'd ha have to be a moron to think this is about, uh, you know, Floyd or, you know, the, uh, any of these, any of these uh, criminals. Um, or Breonna Taylor, who was martyred, even though uh, she was a drug dealer. And, you know, I'll tell you that if you're going to hang around with drug dealers and you're going to be a drug dealer's mule, a drug dealer's, you know, hooker, basically, because that's, that's the type of woman who is attracted to drug dealers. They're, they're, they, you know, they hang out with drug dealers for the money and for the drugs. She was not innocent. Um, her boyfriend or her pusher, whatever, her drug dealer shot first, the cops returned fire and she got killed. Uh, a lot of people saying it's a tragedy. Um, you want to know something? I, I'm a little bit more sanguine about it. I, I think you, um, you sleep with dirty dogs, you wake up with flies. Um, you don't hang around drug dealers unless you want to get shot. And in fact, a lot of people, uh, you know, we we're having a, a bit of a, a crime wave in Toronto right now. And it really is drug dealers um, marking their territory. So she happened to be shot by a cop. Uh, but, you know, there was a good chance, statistically, she would have been shot by another drug dealer. Um, so sadly, the forces of uh, the Enlightenment, as I call it, which, you know, began in the 1600s, um, are, uh, you know, are, we must confess that our educational industrial complex run by teachers unions have created more fools. Um, when I call, when I say fools, I call, you know, to me, a fool is the opposite of the wise. So it's more about how you use your brain. Um, then, you know, just raw IQ. Uh, these people might not be stupid, but they are fools. So these fools with massive college debt, um, you know, that, you know, these, this is massive college debt that these sleeper agents like AOC and Ilan Omar want to wipe out. Um, they want to wipe out their debt. So basically give them a free ride. Um, even the defund the police movement is part of this. Criminals are let out of jail to ferment more violence, um, I think as Schumann sort of alluded to. The Nazis and the Soviets routinely recruited violent criminals to do their dirty work since the educated elites just really didn't have the stomach to murder with their own hand. I mean, they could, um, you know, sign papers that would put a thousand people in a gulag or a concentration camp. But, you know, to some of these guys, especially the elitist ones from good schools, it's a little difficult to uh, to pull the trigger yourself, you know. Um, now, I and I doubt media types like Rachel Maddow or uh, Don Lemon um, would do that, but they could do that, you know, but they, they would sort of cover for the people who would. 
So they'd be happy to spin the murder into self-defense of an enemy of the state or something like that. Um, you see that clearly, um, you know, and that's why once in a while I would watch MSNBC and CNN just to realize what bullshitters they are. So watch those, you know, by all means, once in a while, watch them and then go to sources that are reliable and many. In other words, don't necessarily go to Fox News, but, you know, just search the Internet for the true story. Um, you'll get it. You know, if you if you have any brains at all, you'll be able to piece together what the bullshit is and what isn't. Now, the game plan for these people is to eliminate the police or the local police they cannot control and allow cities to burn. It's part of the plan. Mass chaos and a rising death toll eventually necessitate the need for the federal police, for a uh, federal police force, not too different from uh, the Gestapo or Stalin's NKVD. I mean, we will get rid of the police, but I'll tell you, we won't get rid of them that long. We'll have other police and you won't like them. Uh, the Constitution is ignored. These people ignore the Constitution or it's rewritten so that the new police have power over life and death and can reestablish order. So these police, unlike the police that uh, we see on our streets now, they can basically blow your head off um, without any provocation at all. Um, so now at this point, Schumann said, and I agree, although I think it's, you know, might be a little too late, is society must fight back. Uh, we have to support the police and the politicians who are brave enough to stand up for their rights. Uh, society needs to defund and purge the universities of subversives. And now when I say purge, I mean you got to just fire them. I'm not saying you incarcerate them. I'm not saying you execute them. But you know what? They're shitty teachers. Another way to do that is to just cut funding so there's just no money for these, you know, arts programs, these liberal arts programs. Um, and then these teachers lose their job naturally because there's just no students for them. Now, teachers' unions must be decertified and parents need to dictate the curriculum, not um, these unions. Uh, school choice is probably crucial in this process. I think it's probably the easiest way um, to address this problem right now, a voucher system. And that's one of the things where, uh, one of the few things where I do think there is systemic racism. Um, the way schools are funded in the United States, poor neighborhoods um, get less funding and their schools are crappier. So I think that is kind of leads to, you know, this system where, um, a lot of black poor children are not well educated. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, a lot of uh, poor white children aren't properly educated. You know, I think we've got to go back to being a society with the belief that um, no child should have an inferior education because their parents happen to be poor. Uh, it's not the kid's fault his parents are poor. Um, the propaganda has to be stopped. Um, Schumann advocated closing these outlets. Um, I don't think that's necessary. We live in the internet, internet age, and because we're a private sector and these guys on, um, in the mainstream media make their money in a capitalist way, 
uh, we can fight back by just turning off our TVs and our computers and cutting our cable service. If nobody watches these guys, um, they'll eventually go under. You know, I mean, uh, some of these guys like Don Lemon and um, Rachel Maddow, I think, and uh, Anderson Cooper are purported to make five to ten million dollars a year. Um, they're not going to make that kind of money if nobody's watching. Now, the third phase is crisis, which lasts two to six months. Um, things get so bad that the public voluntarily gives up their rights in order to make their suffering stop. Uh, perhaps this is why leftists don't want people to go back to work using COVID as an excuse. They want more um, economic catastrophe. They want, apparently a few weeks ago, uh, 30 million Americans went without food for at least part of a week. Um, you know, this is, you know, and this is a dangerous situation. They want the economy to crash. There's no doubt about it. Um, they want people to go hungry and be terrified about their futures. Now, in this environment, and it's, it's so interesting because it's so Orwellian, it's so dystopian, it's so um, Marxist, big business flourishes and small business, which we used to call the bourgeoisie in, you know, in the French Revolution, dies. Uh, the bourgeoisie is a term used for the middle class of, you know, during the French and Russian revolutions that the radicals felt they had to destroy. And that's what you're, you know, that's what you're getting now. Uh, the entrepreneurial class is being destroyed. Um, big business is flourishing. And, you know, lest we forget with big business, if you look at, let's say, the Nazi regime, um, they were a socialist regime, but you could have big business like Krupp, you could have and Mercedes, you could have, um, you know, you could have private businesses, but they were controlled by the Nazi party. And, you know, you see that in big tech in their relationship with the Democrats. Also, I'd argue that what they're trying to do, and I'm not saying this is true for Antifa and BLM, who are just out-and-out -out Marxist anarchist types, the powers that be, the guys like Soros, the guys in the Democratic Party, they want what I call a social plutocracy. Um, social because there's elements of socialism in it, but it's basically a plutocracy, which means the government of the ultra-wealthy, which of course is them. Um, they'll game the system to make them that rich. Um, so in some ways, the left has substituted the term white privilege for bourgeoisie, like white privilege this, white privilege that, get over your whiteness, systemic, raci uh, systemic racism, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the result is civil war or invasion. In our case, invasion of the U.S. is impossible. Um, but a civil war of some... Uh, type seems more likely. Now, one thing I'll, I'll say right here is we think of a civil war in terms of the American Civil War um, in the 1860s. That is not a typical civil war. That really was a war between states. Typically, a civil war does not have borders, you know, different states on different sides. I mean, it's, there, it's a lot more complicated messy, and messy than that. Um, so what happens... The people call out for strong leadership, a savior. They can't take it anymore. Uh, the list of past saviors is long and includes, you know, such wonderful people as, and I'm just joking, 
Don't take me out of context. Hitler, Mao, Stalin, Mussolini, and other murderous despots. Um, remember that in all cases of the strong leader coming in, uh, this leads to a huge loss of human rights, lives, and economic disaster. Now, the fourth phase is normalization. It's the final phase. Political violence becomes so common that people barely care anymore. I mean, I'm starting to notice that a bit now because every day it seems like somebody's shot, somebody who has shot somebody is shot by the cops, so the death toll really is starting to go up um, because there's so much news out there we're forgetting about, you know, what happened a few weeks ago. Um, you know, as someone said, one death is a tragedy, but a million deaths is a mere statistics. And statistics can be falsified, as Stalin taught us. Um, stability by force occurs. And then what's happened, what happens in almost every case, is the useful idiots are liquidated. Those are the thugs, the criminals they let out of jail, the violent Antifa types, the BLM uh, street street warriors. Um, they're too violent and unpredictable to be part of the new order. You know, does anyone think these thugs and meth heads will be running things after these, you know, guys uh, win power? Not a chance. Um, you know, now they think they're going to be running things, but they're in for a rude supply, uh, surprise. And so we wake up one morning to find that we have gone from free men and women, albeit in a perfect world, suffering our daily stresses, to living under the yoke, the yoke of totalitarianism. Schumann understood this, and he tried to warn us. Um, there's no secret conspiracy. The game, the game plan is there for everyone with eyes to see. But so many of us are self-deluded. We don't want to believe our leaders, our neighbors are capable of such evil. Um, we don't want to believe our lives will change so much for the worse. Most of us um, are not evil. We cannot believe that people we once considered friends, family, could seemingly overnight turn into sadistic mar uh, monsters. You know, we hear this from stories of Holocaust survivors where, you know, they had their friendly neighbors. Um, next thing you know, their neighbors were outing them to the um, local police and they were on, uh, the next thing they knew, they were on uh, trains to Auschwitz. During every socialist takeover, whether it be globalist socialism, like Stalin or Castro, or national socialism, like Hitler and Mussolini, there are people who fall asleep until it's too late. That might even be the majority of the population. Um, they estimate that at the beginning of the, of the sort of Hitler era, only 10% of Germans were Nazis. Um, I think when Hitler came to power, he had the plurality of votes, but he didn't have a majority. Um, after the catastrophe, the survivors lament, uh, you know, how could they be so foolish? Um, unless they're sociopaths, they're probably guilt-ridden, um, or they just go into denial. Now, I would conclude by saying, do you really want to be that person? Um, do you want to be that person who slept while uh, they took away your neighbors, they took away your rights, they took away your prosperity. I don't know. Um, you know, it's an individual question. Um, and 
you have to use reason to really sort of see what's going on and be objective. Anyway, that's it for uh, podcast two. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. My name is Tom Citrin, alias Boss Patch. You can uh, read my stuff on Medium under my name, Tom Citrin, C-Z-I-T-R-O-N. Or you can go to uh, bosspatch.wordpress.com. Anyway, um, see you later. I think my next podcast is going to be a, a little different than this one. It's going to be the survival strategy going forward. Um, how you can survive and thrive in this coming sort of problem um, world that we're having because one of the things I focus on is the coming debt crisis that is inevitable. Take care.